0: welcome to Lessons She Learned, where we have conversations about different life lessons that we learn every single day. This entire arsenal of content is designed to help you really quick just find what you're looking for, digest it, help you process it so that you could do whatever other thing you need to get to. Sometimes we need to solve the problem in our mind before we could go ahead and solve the problem before us. And so I'm excited for this content to kind of be a tool to help you go ahead and do that. Hello, family. I'm excited to be here with you guys today. I am pretty excited about, I'm I'm probably always going to be excited about these episodes, only because like these conversations, these lessons are things that maybe I am so excited about, like the lesson, the revelation, however way you want to put it. Um, and wanting to bring it up with somebody or like wanting to like put it in a place where it's just like, Ooh, a collection of lessons, a collection, collection of things that I feel like I've grown to, to start to understand and things like that. And so anytime I start being able to put two and two together and really wrap my mind around something, I get geeked. Okay. Um, and so on today's episode, we are talking about redefining personal development so you don't always feel unfinished. Um, And the reason I wanted to bring this up um, is because there was a hot stint. It probably was a good three to six months when Clubhouse was like premium popping, like you could go into Clubhouse, get real easy leads. You could go into Clubhouse, establish yourself in rooms you wouldn't normally be in with people you wouldn't normally be in, you know, be on stages you wouldn't typically be on, things like that. Um, and so one day I was in um, a conversation. It was kind of like a mastermind group that was inside of Clubhouse. It was going on on a pretty consistent basis for a little while. And One of the people who were in the room um, was saying, you know, he doesn't really believe in personal development. I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Um, Like, tell me more. (laughs) Um, And the reason I asked or the reason I was curious after he said that, because we were having some sort of conversation or some sort of topic where I think, like, personal development and and skill development and putting in the work was all on the table it was all a part of the conversation that we were having and he was like well my issue with is with the idea that people kind of binge personal development in this way and you can be busy with the work of doing personal development and not get to the practical work that will get you the results that makes you feel like you don't need personal development in the same way. Um, and so what he was saying and to a certain extent I agree with it, where sometimes there is kind of this this enjoyment in the consumption and so you can consume 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 like binge watching TV or something like that or binge watching like YouTube video after YouTube video and all or binge watching TikToks and you can just consume 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 and you never get to the graduation point where it's over or where that's enough and he was talking about the fact that an industry exists uh, we didn't get into all of the the depths and the throes of it. He was like basically the industry; it kind of exists and feeds on itself, and it doesn't. He was implying that if you don't actually apply anything, you don't graduate to the next level. You don't graduate to not necessarily needing whatever the affirmation is that comes from the personal development or the self-help space. And I was like, wow, that's super interesting. Um, And I was like, I actually have a completely different relationship with personal development than the one you're describing. Um, Even though I know for a fact that there does come a point where you need to be reading a different kind of book. You need to be listening to a different kind of podcast. You need to be uh, surrounded by different people who might not necessarily be talking in and of itself, about personal development, but maybe they're just talking about what the growth looks like in the industry. What does it look like to develop and nurture the skill? What does it look like to put in the work? What does it look like for that work to be excellent? And now that we're putting in the work, great. How are you performing in that work? What What are the results from that work? What are the fruit? Because sometimes we put work in, but we aren't looking at the efficiency or the effectiveness of that work and so I was just saying I had just finished saying before he mentioned that that I we were talking about I know for a fact we were talking about different books we had read and a lot of the books people were bringing up were personal development books and I we had like this mixture of personal development books that really hit like the compound of effect was one um there were some others that people felt really strongly about because that's where they feel like they made some big pivots at. And we also had some books that were like a little bit more work centric, like how to do work in a specific area, in a specific industry, things like that. Um, And I kind of shared or started to share how, even though it's completely possible to be inundated with the Kind of content or a genre of content, and not and use it as a form of entertainment um, or as even a form of fulfillment without necessarily doing the work to become or to use the habits and the practices you might be learning in that process. Um, but what I was talking about was I had read a book that helped me solve the problem or the barrier um, that I. Was facing, and I had pivoted in my relationship with my problem. So I went from being probably avoided or probably frustrated with that problem or that challenge to attacking it and now reading something else, reading something that's a little bit more industry specific, reading something that's a little bit more skill specific, reading something that's a little bit more about the work itself versus how to think about life or how to think about the work. Um, And I think that he had a really, really powerful. Powerful point, um, in that you don't want to always feel unfinished, and therefore feel like, man, if I don't, if I don't read the next book in this way, if I don't study the next book, I won't be finished enough to do what it is that I need to do. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because even right now. I'm doing the work on on these projects. I'm doing the work to do some revamps and some rehashes. But I'm learning a lot, a lot of uncomfortable and a lot of frustrating things about myself in this process. Um, I have to, you know, own up and face up to a lot of discomfort because that's what happens when you grow. That's what happens when you start to expand. That's what happens when you take the lessons you've learned and you've started started to build roots and things like that. Um, but I was starting to feel like, man, I just don't think I know enough. Like, I'm just not sure that I know all the things that I would need to know. And a part of it came from feeling like I had a lot of information in my mind about what I wanted or needed to do, but not necessarily having the, what's the not having the order to put it into, to make it make sense, to make it actionable. And so The way that I had to go about it this time as far as reading certain books, um, looking at certain things, looking at personal development and professional development and spiritual development and not exclusively depending on personal development to help me do all three. Um, And this isn't even in my notes, but when I am on a perfect day, I am doing all three. On a perfect day, I I created this this regimen for myself to make sure that I'm full enough on a regular basis. And the first thing that I end up doing is some spiritual development. So I might be, I wake up and I'll clean. I did that this morning. So I wake up and I'll clean while I'm cleaning, I'm listening to some sort of spiritual development. Sometimes that is a sermon. Sometimes that is a podcast. Sometimes that is an interview. This morning, it was an interview about believers, about some of the challenges, but how their friendship and relationships and the friends and relationships were there um, really, really had that positive impact. Um, so that was exciting. And I think in the last episode, I was talking about how little things that we do regularly or that we feel impassioned or excited about doing, um, they end up being really cool opportunities for ministry. And so even though they have their platforms and they're entertaining and they're interesting, they do not shy away from talking about or communicating the value of their faith and how it helps them walk themselves through situations or how it helps guide them through different moments. And so... I was listening to that. That was a really, really, really good listen. It was an episode podcast um, on Everything Is We by um, Cam and Vicky Logan. Um, and it included Wanda and Lomo Um And so it was a really, really, really good episode. Check them out if you haven't um, already. But that was the part one. Part two is when of spiritual development. Because the thing is, you can never be somewhere and kind of exclusively consider what has already been metabolized by somebody else. So sometimes you do need to hear how somebody uses the word um, in the lens of their life, in the lens of a specific problem. But sometimes you also might need to go straight to the source, um, to go get the word for yourself, to go get your own revelation based on what the text says, to go do your own study. And so... What I like to do after that is to go ahead and do my own study. Um, And by study, I mean not just reading, but reading and looking at the context, reading and looking up words, reading and going line by line, verse by verse, writing down questions that I might have, looking up the answers to those questions, or if I know for a fact that there's something in here, there's something in this interpretation, I just might not know what I need to know in order to get the understanding. Let me go check out my commentary to go see what this says. I I mentioned this uh, a few episodes back just about the spiritual maturity and what kind of tools and resources we use and I think I might have even brought up you know my my devotions process or my routine there um but that's that and then after that I want to say and so let's just let's guesstimate so if the cleaning is anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and the spiritual development where I'm actually sitting with the word, actually reading, taking my time. Got a coffee out because I'm really not trying to rush it. And anytime it's a coffee out, I'm trying to take my time, okay? Um, and so I I go ahead and I do that. And let's say that's an hour. That's thirty minutes to an hour. Mm, could go longer, but if I'm just like, hey, I just I need to go ahead and I need to fill up. I need I need it in me um if i'm not having any particular leanings sometimes it goes longer but simply because of what i'm reading sometimes i get full like spiritually you you're reading you're ingesting it you're like oh my gosh like i i thought i was going to read a chapter and a half or study a chapter and a half i got through five verses and i'm in the i'm in the thick of it okay like i'm in here Looking up words, looking up context, looking up the definition and names. I'm out here, like really, really piecing the story together, and really, and then I, then you, because sometimes you read something so good, you got to start praying. So it's just like it's it's just a moment. It's a full moment sometimes, um, and so sometimes. I'm geeking out over four verses, and sometimes I, I can I can ingest you know a chapter or something like that. Um, and so let's say that's thirty minutes to an hour. After that, I have a book that I'm reading right now. Um, I'll probably read the book for thirty minutes. The thirty minutes flies by, but I usually unless I need it, unless I'm solving an intentional problem that I feel like if I don't solve this, I'm not gonna be able to get it, get it get it in today. I'm not gonna be able to get it done today. Um it's probably just 30 minutes. And I haven't had one of those moments where I needed to ingest a book for real, for real, in a hot minute. Um but usually even when you ingest a book for real, you really can't even afford to just be reading personal development without the prayer aspect because you could learn a, a lot about your mind. You could learn a lot about uh your brain chemically Um, you can learn a lot about how you're processing information and experiences, but the thing that gives you true revelation is the reality of the Holy Spirit and how he guides and how he keeps, um, even in that. And also how he provides clarity and answers in that as well. So I'll, I'll do that. So like going back to it, spiritual development, personal development, and then professional development. I spend hours sometimes, um, anywhere from two to four hours on any given day, doing the the professional development because usually it's somehow a part of the workflow for the day, um, and there are some seasons where there's a lot less personal development in that way in this in the way of actually studying. Um, or researching or learning from some course or program or something like that. But usually there's like a phase of, of a month or two months or something like that where it's like, oh, no, the study gets real. Like all of a sudden, like you really can't even play around with it in that way. um And I think that understanding the difference between being in process and being unfinished changes the posture you have, and the frustration you feel towards where you are. Sometimes it can be easy to feel unfinished when you feel like, I I don't think I can move forward without this information. But usually that's when a person has to decide whether or not they need to become more aggressive in the way that they start looking at what the solution could possibly be. And then I think This concept is a really, really good concept um, that I've heard somebody, I heard someone talk about. Um, And so when you're in business, it's, it's called the, I think it's called like, oh, the word is escaping me. Okay. So most viable product or like the the idea or the concept of it is, let's say you have this big dream or this big plan or this big idea. And you're like, I don't have what I need right now to do the fullness of this idea. So if I take the most viable version of this, so if I boil it down from this big, so let's, let's say it's an event. Let's say you, you dream of having this huge conference or something like that. Or let's say you dream of having this fantastic software or something like that. For the conference, you can boil it down to a, a one-hour or two-hour event. Now, you might want to ultimately have a three- or five-day event, abroad, sponsors, uh, like all of this decor, professionally done, chic, beautiful, all the things, or you might be like, hey, I want software with code, with all the bells and whistles, the smoothest interface, UI, UX, premium and pristine. Looks like it could easily be Google developed, like something like that. But maybe today it's a five question form so that you can get the information. Maybe it's, And then maybe it's like a survey or quiz format before it's the fullness of what you want it to be. Maybe today it's a two hour event and in a in a space that might be an Airbnb and a space that might be one of the nice like you know we work esque like co-working spaces, maybe it's that, but maybe you just need to boil it down to the most most viable concept. And so even when you're doing certain work and or even when you're in a certain kind of process, the idea of what What's the basis? If you boil down the big idea of what your standard is of what it looks like to be finished or what it feels like to be well in process, what's the most viable perspective or lens you could put on this concept of what your standard is? And I'll I'll give you an example. I'm working on a project right now where I am like rebuilding the infrastructure of my business and I'm taking some of the things that I used to do and I'm now delegating more of those things and I'm leaning into my real skill set, the thing that gets me going, the thing that I feel like is the not, not even the easiest thing to sell, but it's the easiest thing to structure and everything else around it. It might seem like a challenge, but I could do this. Um, and so at one point I was struggling desperately with the structure of that. How do you talk about this? How, how do you organize this so this can be easily communicated? How do you execute this? What's the reality of the concept? Because you're saying you won't do this, you but you will do this. So what's the offer? What's, what's the structure? Um, and so I had to boil it down to the simplest version of it in my mind so that I could keep thinking long enough to prepare it. And my thing used to be, and sometimes it still is, is that I'll get so frustrated that I'll stop thinking. I'll stop processing information because I know I feel like I don't have what I need. But if you're if you've been trained or developed in in critical thinking or problem solving in any way, you know that refusing to think or refusing to process or constantly assuming you don't have enough information to make a decision or to make a move will constantly prevent you from making a move or making a decision. And so what I had to do was move in the weird fog of my discomfort and my confusion and understanding that being still doesn't make me more safe. But being quiet, getting serious, getting curious, getting prayerful, those are the things that help us start to walk through a lot of the things we might be wanting to go through that help us make the progress. And even understanding that if you don't have these moments where you're willing to tussle with your own mind to get out the better idea, the better option, the better structure, might show, prove, or expose that you're not ready for the reality of of the gravity and the weight associated with with the solution or opportunity of that magnitude because you won't even face the discomfort of birthing it, of preparing it, of idealizing it. And so at some point, yes you're going to have moments of feeling underdeveloped and unfinished but the reality of it is is that can sometimes be a trigger to just do the 30 minutes that can be the trigger to just choose an area to grow and commit to that which is what I wanted to get into it's so crazy because I got notes here and everything that I said just now, as much as I love it, it's so crazy that the, that stuff was not in my notes. So I My notes actually say that when you are saying, I want to grow, I want to personally develop, I'm, I'm noticing, I'm realizing, I'm not necessarily as developed as I want to be. I might not have the discipline I want. I might not be as structured or organized as I need to be. And a lot of the times people don't just be desiring to be Organized. It's, it's usually not desirable if it's not naturally interesting to you. But what happens is you get into environments where you get to use your gifts, you get to use your skills, you get to nurture them. But if you aren't, therefore, organized, it starts compromising your ability to leverage your areas of strength. And so people normally don't want to get organized because they love organization. It's the reality that being disorganized is not only failing to serve you, it's disserving you in the way that you might be doing it or operating in it right now. And that's usually the telltale sign that you want to work on that. And so my first point is going to be look at the areas that you feel like the negative repercussions of a habit or of a mindset are disserving you. It's, it's causing a disservice and an interruption to the way that you need to do life, to the way that you need to respond to the things that come up in day-to-day life. If I were to give you an example, um, I think I gave you an example in the last episode I. Think Think. But another one would be I realized that I was maybe three to seven minutes late to work all the time. The job that I had, I was in a working in a school, a part of the operations team. And the thing, the thing about being on the operations team is operations is what makes things work when people aren't thinking about how things work. And so think of teachers as the star of the show. The only reason teachers can be the star of an operations team show or the secondary star to the students is when things are in place. Nobody ever asks, man, where did those markers come from? How did the how did the teachers get all these copies? Where how is it that the same copier machine that's been down or that's been broke or is constantly down is, is now in repair and everybody has their copies even though when all the teachers were gathering and all the students were arriving it wasn't working but the things had get had to get printed and all of a sudden this miraculous stack of papers are ready for first period these are things that people don't necessarily think about, but there are certain things that have to happen that you don't necessarily realize somebody is responsible for. And if that's the nature of your work, if that's the nature of your job, being three to seven minutes late is an issue when you are the, the person or the, a part of the group that people are depending on to make the system run. And so I literally had to go to therapy and do personal development to unpack and understand why are you three to seven minutes late every day and consistently the same amount? And the more frustrated you are and the more disgruntled you are, all of a sudden, the later you are. Let's figure this out. And a person could say, oh, well, I I might not like the work. But that's a cop-out if you actually like the, the rigorousness or the pace or the challenge of it. So is it really that? What else could it be? I literally went to therapy and was like, hey, I'm he- I know people come for big stuff. This is a big thing for me. I need to figure out. Why I'm late to work by three to seven minutes every day. And it's costing me frustration. It's making me look irresponsible. It makes people who are supposed to be depending on you look at you like, you know what? I'll just depend on myself instead. It makes the team look bad. It makes the department look bad. Because now I'm not doing what needs to be done. And so... I had to go ahead and work on that and I had to not just change my attitude towards my work so that I treated it with the adequate reverence, but I had to think about it as if I wasn't just showing up for them. I was willing to show up for me. I was willing to let timeliness be a part of my standard so that it could become a natural integrated part of my character so I can be seen as consistently dependable as the person who is in the place they need to be, not just on time, but sometimes ahead of time. And I'm going to be honest with you, I started working on it in that environment. I did not perfect it in that environment. I would arguably say it's still in development. I haven't even perfected it. But I don't rest in this place acknowledging myself as underdeveloped when I understand that every single day I have to wake up and still meet the standard. If you were timely for 10 years and all of a sudden you stop being timely, you don't get to call yourself timely anymore. So the area of your growth or the area of your improvement is not, there is no pinnacle where you are improved. You are in the process constantly. And having a healthy relationship with the process just means I still maintain this standard for myself. It doesn't mean, man, I'll never be able to call myself timely because I like to call myself timely now. When I know that there's a hard start or a hard deadline or even a soft one, I like to do little things that just allow me to keep my word. That allow me to say something and people have the freedom to depend or to trust it because I said it. And and that's just one example, but I say that to say, pick one area that you feel like is having the most extreme impact or the most extreme consequence on your life. Just to give you a, another super quick example, I realized that of being avoided in my finances, even when I felt like I was making money, it was exposing an unhealth with the money I did have because I was so used to not having anything. So I wouldn't count my money. I wouldn't look in my account and see what's there. I wouldn't take every dollar that comes in and divvy it up. If I know that 25% goes here, 10% goes here, 10% goes here, I'm giving y'all real percentages because I know that my living expenses, every dollar that comes in, 25% of it has to go on the living expenses um, side. 20% of it has to go into the saving and investing account. 10% of it is for tides. Another 10% is for my spending. Spending, which means I can blow the whole joint because I that account gives me the freedom. Now, I might be blowing $50, $100, $200. I might be blowing $1,000, but I have the full freedom to do and cut loose and, and buy gum and coffee and all the things with that account so that I can experience the freedom that I like to feel. And then by the time it's depleted more income comes in. But now I'm not like, oh, wait, how much was I supposed to? That's not the relationship I have to have with that. When I'm buying things to increase or enhance myself personally or professionally, I'm not looking at the lifestyle budget like that's the education budget because it's not. So now I'm not making grave or significant compromises in that way. So pick three areas you where you're like, mm, if I could grow in three areas and it changed my life the most, I would say these three, these three would be game changers for me. And you want to put together a, a plan for the first one. Just one. So if that is you saying, I'm going to read this book, for thirty minutes a day. If that's you saying, I'm gonna go ahead and sign up for some therapy, I'm gonna go ahead and sign up for some counseling with my church. If you're saying, What's another one? Um if you're saying I'm going to to commit to doing this thing. I'm going to be here three times a week. I'm going to do this three times a week. I'm going to, you know, make time. I remember I was trying to figure out how to get better at stewarding my attention during the day, like building better to-do lists and and keeping better track of the time that I spent working on different tasks and different projects and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to giving myself 15 to 30 minutes to plan not just what I'm going to do, but plan how long those things are allowed to take and what has to be accomplished within that day so that my week isn't set off. So that this this day, this week, this month doesn't start to underproduce because I'm underproducing. So that's what you want to do. Pick, Put together a plan just to acknowledge the first area of growth and create a standard to show evidence of that growth practically. So, for example, when I was trying to figure out, you know, am I doing a better job at planning my day? I wouldn't just look at what how I wouldn't just look at like my to-do list and say how much of it was crossed off. I would say based on my based on the amount of hours I committed to doing this work, how many of those hours did I actually do what I said I would do? How much income was generated as a result of the activity that I can sit, I, I said that I would do? How many people were served as a result of me doing what I said that I would do? And then... If I see what the standard was when I created the goal, when I created the schedule, and I look at how I operated in that schedule, because I use like this program called SunSama and you check things off at the end of the week, it shows you where you spent most of your time. You have little buckets. You're like, oh, spent a lot of time in email marketing, spent a lot of time in XYZ, spent a lot of time working on things for this client, all this stuff. And I'm able to see what happened versus what I think happened. Because sometimes I'll have two good days and on the third day, I'm like, listen, I had two good days. But that sets your week off when you cannot be consistent and diligent in your work. And so I could be like, I had a good day Monday, Tuesday, felt real, was filling myself and working slow and not checking things off on Wednesday." pick things back up on Thursday, started feeling the pause of Friday, halfway through Thursday. And now I'm averaging it out in my mind to be a good week. But on paper, based on the goal that I have, it looks like inconsistency. It looks like a lack of focus. And so now I can remind myself and I can think about the things that I think about at different points of the week and see the kind of structure and reminders and building rewards so that I actually experience a reward versus rewarding myself with unproductivity because I was so productive um, and little things like that. And then live by that standard intentionally until you can meet that standard casually and consistently. I'm now at a point where I feel frustrated if I don't have my my work day planned out. And even if it's like a half day because of other things that I have going on, um, I now am a little frustrated if there's no plan. I'm I'm a little frustrated if I'm supposed to be planning the day if this is supposed to be a work day or a productive space and it doesn't have order. Cuz even though you say I'm going to do this, do work on X for this amount of time, when X gets here are you still deciding like, "Oh, so this is where I'm going to start." Or did you already make up your mind? And so now I feel a little bit of tension or a little bit of frustration whenever I feel like I'm not living by or functioning by the standard because it helps me solve a real problem that I have that has real consequences and real results, which is why I think that it's important to choose an area of priority, like an area where you feel like it's a negative impact because the reminder to keep going through that is going to be the frustration of getting back to poor results or getting back to like those areas or those habits where things aren't serving you the way you want them to serve you. Um, And then after you've gone ahead and worked on that, like whatever the reward is um, or whatever the benefits are, acknowledge them. Sometimes everything don't necessarily need like (laughs) everything don't need like a big, like lavish reward or prize. Sometimes the prize is like the pride you feel. Sometimes there are inherent benefits in improving. If you do little things to improve money habits, your benefit is having more money. <laughs> like, if you do things to improve your productivity so you have more time, the benefit is the time you now have. So now you don't need To take all of this time off or or you don't need to spend aggressively as the benefit to reward yourself because sometimes having the discipline, designing the structure for yourself has rewards built into it. And now you can have something and it not be a full stretch. Now you could do something and it not feel like it cost you all of your time and attention because you have learned how to steward that area or develop that area so it doesn't wipe out everything. Um, And then after you have kind of gotten your footing on that and you're starting to feel solid and content in that area, you can pick the second thing on the list and you can just start chipping away at those things. And before you know it, your the habits you've built don't they all they do is they help refine you in your process you were surviving before but probably after you start hitting some of these areas you start getting into the thrive area where every dollar isn't dire because every dollar has an assignment down to the cent and you can live and you can you can have everything you need to have not because you where I I don't even know, but because you decided to have and exercise the discipline you really needed in order to get done what you really needed to get done. And I really, really do hope that you can, if you have struggled with this in any way, like feeling like, bro, like it just feels like a never ending loop of just like thing after thing after thing, problem after problem after problem, or like feeling so undone or feeling like, bro, I'm so far from perfect. Like why why in the world would I even try? And it's because you you don't need to be perfect to be here. And you don't need to be productive I mean, perfect to be fruitful. You do need to be productive. You you do want to be healthy. But more than anything else, you really just need to be in process. Um and so that is a lesson that I feel like it took me a hot minute to learn to not consider myself undone or unfinished, but to consider myself in process. Um, and to be able to still live and still smile and still rest in peace and still hold on to joy, despite being in process. Because it could be a little bit of frustrating, but it could provide a significant amount of relief. And so I'm so grateful that you were able to go ahead and take a listen to today's episode. I think this is one of the longer ones that we've had. But I, I felt so strongly about this joint. Like, I just felt like the frustrating of feeling unfinished, oh my gosh, it's, it's debilitating. Like, it's, what? And so I was just like, bro, if I could help literally anybody, start to work through that thought, start to work through that process, or start to debunk some of the myths that we tend to think. Um, When we're in spaces and we're seeing people have skill sets we might not have, or maybe it's not even like a skill skill in like the hard skill kind of way. Maybe people have soft skills that we don't have, and we feel like that's causing them to thrive and we don't have that. Um, It can be built skills, soft skills, or hard skills, there are many of them can be learned and all of them have to be refined. And so until next time, this was fun. I like this episode um, a whole lot. This was fun. Um, And so until next time. You just finished an episode of Lessons She Learned and How You Feel. Do you feel like you learned something new? Do you feel like, you know what? I think I might have what I need to do exactly what I need to do today. Awesome. Well, if you did, if you love this episode, I want you to go ahead and hop into, hop into that little area where we do our ratings. Wherever you listen to podcasts, I would love to go ahead and get that rating just so more people who are interested in content like this can honestly just go ahead and find it find out that they're in the right place, find out that they're around the right people. And so that's the point of that, but also your favorite point, your favorite uh, thing that was said, I would love for you to go ahead and screenshot that, note that, tag me, I will reshare you, I'm so grateful anytime anyone is saying, hey, this information helps me, this content really helped me work through this. And I want to know, I want to know how it impacted you. And so go ahead, tag me on Instagram at Zanaya E. Blue. Uh, The spelling is in the show notes because you know, you know how that goes when people spell it any way they want to, but (laughs) I'll see you next time. And I'm excited to share even more about what I have learned.